With the 2023 NFL Draft behind us, everyone is giving their grades. Talked about yesterday, the grades are not correlated with draft class success, but that's not going to stop us. Let's grade the 2023 Cincinnati Bengals draft class. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team every day. We've had no days off for a week. NFL draft. That's how we do it here on Lockdown Bengals. I already introduced us, right, James? I didn't forget that this time. You did. Rapine, you, you Jake did. Lisko. Team no days off. It's team no days off. And that's why Until I further notice. Until further notice. That's what you have to refer to us as. Team No Days Off. By the way, shout out to everybody that was still listening. Yeah. If you know, you know. But there were a lot still listening, Jake. H- had a few people reach out. That was nice. That's what I was hoping for. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can make this podcast your first listen by just hitting the subscribe button anywhere you get your podcast on YouTube. Coming to every day, a couple of clubs we like to talk about here on Lockdown Bengals. But without further ado, James, let's dive into some draft grading. Talk about methodology a little bit. I've just done a GPA style grading here, mm-hmm. James. Did a little bit of waiting. To make the first round grade carry a little bit more weight, the second and third round grades carry a little more weight. Didn't turn out to make a huge difference. And the overall GPA was like a 3.1 versus a 3.07 kind of thing. So that's the basics of it. The -hmm. first round pick, obviously the most important pick, though. Sure. So let's start there. Yeah, it's the most important pick. And it's a pick that it's, it's funny. I've, on the various platforms, you know, all Bengals and Cincinnati Bengals talk. I've done grades and it's something you do. And by the way, there is a point to it. It's called reacting and talking about the picks and giving your thoughts on them. And so, yeah, it doesn't mean that this draft class is going to be really good because we give it good scores or really bad, but it's kind of like mock drafts. It's useful because you can discuss the pluses and the minuses of the prospects mm-hmm. pre NFL career. So there is some value to it. That's why we're doing it. And, and, you get to see, in retrospect, who's outperformed and underperformed expectations. Sure. Yeah, no doubt about it when you look back. And one thing I wrote about Miles Murphy in really the 28th pick, looking at who was on the board, I don't know if there was a way the Bengals could get an A here. And that may seem unfair, but it's not unfair. It is the, the part of drafting 28th overall. <laughs> that sometimes all of the A players might be gone. In, in That doesn't mean that Murphy is a bad player. I don't like the pick. But I, I don't really think that there were any guys that they could have taken, including Miles Murphy, where I would say it's an A plus or an A. And that's not their fault. I'm giving them a solid B plus here. And that's still a really good grade because you're talking about a 21-year-old high-end athlete that produced at a young age at Clemson didn't have that high-end production, which is why he falls to 28. That's a big reason why. And there are some questions there. 
But overall, do I think he's going to be a contributor? Absolutely. Do I think he's a good character guy that is good against the run day one, that if he develops his pass rush moves can become a, a really, really good player for a long time for the Bengals? Absolutely. So I like the pick. I'm not in love with the pick. I'm not going over the moon, but I understand it. And I think the Bengals deserve credit. And that's why I'm giving them a B plus. Yeah, I think this is a solid pick for me. I'm close. I'm at a B here. A lot of that is when I look at our draft sheet, he comes out as a high second round pick, a, kind of a fringe high second round pick back a first round pick. This is exactly where our sheet, our draft grades with Joe Goodberry, Mike Santagan, and all the people that contribute to the to the draft sheet, their credits on the draft sheet. Just going to shout them out again real quick. Don't want them to to be under underappreciated, but we had Jared's grades in here this year. Draft guy Jared on Twitter. Nicholas Brommel at Brammel N on Twitter. Neil Engelberger did a ton of work this year, shouting him out again. Santori Miles and Kevin Jacobson all contributed to the draft sheet this year. So wanted to shout all those guys out. We use data from James Coburn. We use the RAS data from Kentley Platt. We use PFF draft data in there as well, which largely want to credit Mike Renner for a lot of that stuff. Uh, former PFF draft guru. So a bunch of kudos out of the way for, for things that go into this draft sheet. But for me, it comes out as a B because this is exactly where Miles Murphy should have been picked. And, and it's like you. Is there a guy here who makes this an A pick? Well, if you look at our sheet, it's maybe Derek Hall would, would be that guy. Michael Mayer, in some ways, could make an argument from a grade perspective. And then you weigh in positional value and then that gets a little bit murky. Probably give Mayer an A minus at least, because I think that's a really solid pick at tight end. I think he can be a contributor for a long time. But Miles Murphy, like you said, you get premium athleticism at a premium position, which you don't typically get at the end of the first round. Mm -hmm. The production wasn't there, which is why he was available at the end of the first round. But it's not a reach to me. And that's where you start to see these grades slip below a B grade for me is where it feels like a reach in value. And so, yeah, I mean, I think solid B pick here because there's clearly upside, right? But there there is a floor and there is that, that whole part of do you hit the upside? What are the chances you hit that ceiling? And for Murphy, based on the production profile, hopefully he is a bit of an outlier there. And, and is yeah. on the Rashawn Gary, J, uh, Pierre Paul kind, kind of Pierre plan. Paul. Jason Pierre yeah. Paul kind of plan, which Mike and, and Mike Santagon and I have talked about with a couple guys who came into the league needing a little bit of refinement, but having a lot of potential to their game and took, took maybe a year or two, depending on which guy it is, but figured it out and became really, really good players. Yeah, hopefully he does. And, and there's a lot to like about the pick. I wouldn't have given, just to, to put it out there, people are going to hate me, but I'm going to say it. Michael Mayer wouldn't have gotten an A from me. It would probably be B, B plus in that range if they went that route. That said, let's uh, let's dive into our, our, our second round guy in DJ Turner, a fast, athletic, quick, good man-to-man corner. And I think that's the part that's, that's really fun to me is I, I, he could play – Outside, he could play the, that nickel cornerback spot. I think he has the, the size for both. There's going to be a knock on him size-wise against some of these bigger wide receivers, but he's going to get some built bars in the Bengals' nutrition plan. I already talked to, to the, the staff there. They're going to work that in. And so when they do, I, I think he'll still be able to keep that same speed and explosion and put on a few pounds, right, much like Dax Hill 
is in the process of doing. That was something for a safety. He was leaner. Well, he, he's working on putting on good weight. And, and so I think DJ Turner will do the same thing in the NFL. And to quote Lou Anarumo, you, you can put a little weight on a guy. You can't make a guy 4-2. This dude is 4-2, plays fast. I love it. This is an A pick for me. I think it's good value. I think they address the cornerback position and just look at uh, which I wanted to do in the first few rounds with a quality player and just looking like prospect wise. And I don't even know what your grades are on these guys, but DJ Turner, Cam Taylor, Britt, you're talking about the same, same pick in back-to-back year, same position and same exact 60th overall. I think Turner is a better prospect coming out, which might rub some the wrong way or might bother. I, I don't know, but I, I really like this pick. I'll give it an A. Yeah, I actually, before we started recording, I told you my grades here. And between then and before you told me your grade, I, I went through and I changed a couple. This is one of the ones I changed. This is an A for me as well. I really like this pick. The The athletic traits at corner tend to play well. There yeah. is a little bit of the concern with the weight. That's, that's the biggest flag in his profile when you look at it from a draft perspective. The production wasn't elite, but it was it was good enough. For him to profile to be a long-term starter with you know potential every now and then pro bowl upside just based on the data right maybe he's better than that there's always outliers to to the data but comes out as when you combine the the film perspective with the analytics perspective the best available cornerback in that spot on our board and overall one of the better available prospects at that yeah. time like the, yes. the other options for for us would have been guys like Marvin Mims if they wanted to go wide receiver really early. He came out really well in our process. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sidney Brown, Chase Brown's brother from yep. Illinois, who I think we talked about the Bengals did actually really like Sidney Brown. Wasn't at the top of their board here, obviously. Uh, Drew Sanders, Arkansas linebacker, near the top of our board here as well. Uh, and really, that's about it. Tajay Spears. You know, if they wanted to go running back early, just too soon. Back some linebackers, but the positional value that you get here really lines up in terms of being a potential long-term starter. And I just wanted to go check Cam Taylor Britt's grade, very similar, seventy-seven point five for Cam Taylor Britt last year. DJ Turner seventy-seven point four this year. Wow, virtually that virtually close. identical. And the grades aren't always like exactly the same year to year. The formula is sure. tweaked a little bit as we learn things and whatnot, but very, very close in terms of, of caliber of prospect there and potentially long-term starters at the position. Yeah. I, I really like it. And um, we'll see if he can put that weight on and develop, but uh, Dax Hill talked to him on Monday about him, called him intelligent, thinks he's going to pick things up right away and uh, can't teach four two. So I'm going to keep quoting Lou Anarumo probably all offseason long when it comes to that. Up next, let's get to rounds three through seven. There's a lot of picks to get to. We'll continue grading the Bengals draft. But today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the perfect spot to go to right now for the NBA playoffs. My guy, Steph Curry, handled business, dropped buckets 50 on Sacramento's head, and now it is LeBron, it is Steph, and Well, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, game one is tonight, which is why you got to get to FanDuel because you're going to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 if you're a new customer. That's $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So maybe you think that 
LeBron James is going to just go off with the extra rest and the Warriors, those tired legs coming off of a really hard-fought seven-game series against the Kings. Well, you can go that route. You can go with the same game parlay and tie in Anthony Davis, who might be able to have a dominant series against the small Warriors, or maybe Steph keeps it rolling. The point is, is you need to get in on the action right now, and it's not just NBA playoffs. It's all things Major League Baseball and more. It's FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Third round, James. Let's keep going with our grading process here. Jordan battle the pick. One of the more surprising picks, if not the most surprising pick Mm -hmm. of the Cincinnati Bengals draft class in 2023. And at the time, I was one of those people who was very surprised and Maybe they could have gone a different way here. Maybe they could have gone offensive lineman here, right? Maybe they could have gone defensive lineman again here. But Jordan Battle, far and away the top player on the Bengals board in terms of consensus. I think we talked about uh, a big win in terms of consensus, about a a 15-point or so win according to our consensus board, which, by the way, all three players up to this point were wins on the consensus board. Mm -hmm. It's a safety, which is interesting. Right, considering our thoughts on the safety position heading into this draft, but all of that considered, it ends up again being a, a solid B for me. I think this is not a reach. I think that I can see the path to Jordan Battle being a starter really quickly on this team, getting a lot of playing time really quickly on this team, and and holding that job for a while. The analytic profile on him is not great, so there are some ways in, in that respect where he will have to be a bit of an outlier. But the intangibles, I think, are really important. And I think the Bengals have showed time and time again in their recent run of really high-level play that that intangible stuff matters a lot. And I think he's a great fit in all of those hard-to-quantify categories, and I think that helps too. So for me, uh, I'm on a solid B for Jordan Battle. How about you? B-plus for me, and part of it is you, you trade down. They were going to take him at 92. And you, you trade down three spots, you get the extra pick, you're able to address – clearly a need with that pick that you wanted to address and you only had seven. And so if you weren't a, a luxury pick and that's what I, I kind of think it is, even though punter matter, it's still a luxury pick. If you know, you want a punter later in the draft to go that route. And so I get it. And in the trade down helps get to that B plus for me, a couple of things on battle. I, I think you like his chances of starting more than me from the jump. We'll, we'll see. It's well, I, I think I, I, I want to clarify. I, I don't necessarily mean like, Week one, I think that it could happen in as a rookie. Three, yeah, fine. As a rookie, I would put it at like twenty five percent. I still think it's pretty low. The Bengals really like Nick Scott. Obviously, Dax Hill is in. That's, I mean, I would be shocked if that was anything but. I mean, they they yo yoed him around three different positions last year. No one in this draft class is going to have to do that. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you know, it's just it's a really tough spot to be in and play special teams when you hadn't. Um, that said, so if he's one of the starters, I just think Nick Scott is going to, to be able to impress Lou right away because he's a veteran, been there, done that. That said, this is not about Nick Scott. This is about battle. And I, I like his game. I think he's going to give him something that neither of those other guys can do regularly. Like you don't view Dax Hill as a box safety. He doesn't have the size necessarily that you would say for that, even though he is really versatile. Nick Scott, certainly not that. That's what he can be. So 
how often does he get out there? He might not start, but th- there is a path for for him to get significant reps against certain mm-hmm. offenses, depending on the case. So I think that certainly helps. He's a high-character guy. I keep going back to Darren Simmons's quote, which they loved him during the pre-draft process. And the other part here is he was really good on special teams. So I think you're talking about a plug-and-play, high-end special teams contributor from the jump, but he also gives you a safety net, and I don't – pun intended, fine – for a guy like Dax Hill, for a guy like Nick Scott, either one of those guys where you're not throwing out Tyson Anderson, who's never played in an NFL game outside of a preseason game before getting injured. And so now you have another guy in that room. So highest player on their board. I can't knock him for that. We've talked about that a lot. You trade down, you still get him. Was a surprise, no doubt, but I think he could end up being a really good pro B plus for me. If nothing else, you can see the fit where, Maybe without Trey Flowers on the team, maybe this year Dax is a tight end guy. I know he's given up a little bit of size there, but he's sticky in man coverage. We've, we've seen yeah. that in his college tape. You've seen it a little bit in his NFL tape. It's In his second year, maybe that's where he's going, and maybe that's where you get these big dime three safety looks in Jordan Battles part of that package. And maybe that's not a starter. You're right. Maybe starting is ambitious considering where we were on this position before the draft happened, but – you know, injuries happen too, and sure, it's great to have depth for those reasons. I, I think that it's a B for me insofar as there, there were a few other things that I, I could have liked better from a, an evaluation perspective, which is where, you know, our evaluation is going to differ from the Bengals' evaluation where, um, you know, the analytic profile would have supported the pick a little bit better at a couple other spots too for a few other players. Um, but, you know, I, I also get the pick which is why it's not the lowest graded pick of the draft for me. It's not even close. In fact, it's a B. So let's go Charlie Jones. I know you love this pick, James. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no secret. Favorite pick of the draft. Besides maybe DJ Turner. It's close, but it's my favorite pick of the draft. But By the way, this guy got buckets against DJ Turner and Joey Porter Jr. And he's, he's that type of player. Look, you're talking about a great route runner, has an entire NFL route tree, played in a pro system, 110 catches last year. Ran a four four three. I could go through the agility drills too if we want. Without even seeing him, without looking at highlights, you say that it's like, oh well, that that could work with Joe Burrow. And so you you get him. I pick one thirty one, and yeah, the age is a knock, and I get it. It it is. I mean, the dude, he's a year younger, just a, a year year and a half younger than Joe Burrow. <laughs> he, you know, he's he's Jonah Williams's age essentially coming into the league. That's uh, that's tough. But I think he's ready to go. I think that him and Burrow are going to love uh, you love each other real quick. And it goes without saying he'd love catching passes from Joe Burrow. But I think Joe Burrow is going to love him, his reliability, athleticism, route running, all of those things. Plus, he addresses the punt returner job. Trent Taylor is officially on notice. And I think that the Bengals, for the first time in a long time, could have a high-end punt returner. So huge, uh, huge get for the Bengals. This is an A for me. Yeah, it's, a, it's another B for me. And it's one of those things where I really like the player and all those things you just talked about, the route running ability, the fact that he should hit the ground running, the, the fact that he could potentially improve their return units, the reliability in terms of his ability to, to not drop passes. He great looks hands, like, right. Looks like a really reliable football player, had great production, but that production didn't come until he was like 23 and a half. 
playing mm-hmm. in college football in his sixth year. And so that's what brings it down for me is, is really a combination of the age when the production happened. You look historically at what the Bengals really like and something that's worked really well for them is they identify receivers who are good at a young age consistently. And, and that's been the kinds of guys they've drafted. And who am I talking about when I talk about that at wide receiver? That's A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, all those guys, pretty solid, young production. Charlie Jones has really good production. It was just late. So how part is that going to be is really what it is and and what brings him down because that would mean he has to be an outlier to, to really hit because we haven't seen other guys do that that often. But there are a few examples. And so there is a chance, certainly, that he becomes a solid slot receiver in the NFL. For sure. And who knows what happens, right, the, the, the change to Iowa. I mean, he was productive as a freshman for Buffalo. And then going into that Iowa offense, I mean, you, you watched it with Sam Laporta. It's just not, mm-hmm. not, not going to necessarily get a guy like him involved. So I, I, just, I think it's a good fit. But there are some, some things. Age, that's, that's why we didn't talk about him much, mm-hmm. because of his age. And, and so we'll see if uh, – you know, if if he can be one of those outliers, like you mentioned, I I think he can contribute right away, though, and I think that's a big part of it. And, and the other thing that that I asked, and I talked with some guys after they, with some coaches after they picked him, they saw the ability on the other tape, on the mm-hmm. Iowa tape, looking back. And so, is it just was it just offense the whole time? Was it just the quarterbacks he was playing with? All of those things, I'm not sure exactly. Part of it was probably system and getting in the ball. But could he play a role here? I think they envision a role right away. So we'll see if they're right. It's really, it's really just the age thing. That's that's something he has to overcome. And I think he can. He has the traits to do it. That's for sure. We'll see if he can or can't and if he can become that next outlier. Coming up next, let's finish up. Four more picks to talk about. I've got another A. I've also got a C. We'll hit those picks to finish up the show coming up next. This was like my favorite part of the draft or window of the draft, Jake, because you went Charlie Jones and then you went to a guy that we've talked about on this show. I I know multiple times and running back Chase Brown. We knew they were going to take a running back at some point. Getting him in round five felt good initially. I think it feels good now. What, What grade do you give them for taking fighting Illini running back Chase Brown? Yeah, Chase Brown's an A for me. You got a guy here who, in our board, again, comes out as a fringe 1-2 grade. And some of our grades on running backs ended up a little bit high. But take, take that aside. Maybe that's something we have to look at and tweak in our formula going forward. The reason he grades out so high is because he was incredibly productive. He has plus, plus productivity and really, really good athleticism. He, he kind of checks all the boxes insofar as... He was a good runner. He was a productive runner. He's an athletic player. The tape is pretty good. He has to fix the fumble issue. But when you can get a guy in the fifth round who profiles to be able to be a productive NFL running back, and it's not just a stab at an athlete, there's productivity to go with it as well, traits to go with it as well. I like that. Looks like he has the size he needs to, to play in the NFL. He's short, not small, 5'9", 209. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a pretty dense player at that size. And so 
I, li- I like this pick a lot. I think he is an in- immediate impact, at least as a rotational piece in the backfield. Should come in and be RB2 right away. And when you can do that in the fourth round, ra- or sorry, in the fifth round, at the end of the fifth round, I think that's a good pick. No doubt. 100%. A for me as well. Instant contributor. That's what you're getting. Played special mm-hmm. teams. He's going to do that. Running back to kind of fortifies. Uh, like if you're telling me you have a, a trio of, of Joe Mixon, Chase Brown, and, and Travion Williams, I'm not saying that's exactly what's going to happen, but that I don't think that's bad. I think they got faster and more athletic at that spot. Now we could talk about pass protection. I don't expect Brown to be that guy right away. That's a lot to ask. By the way, they don't trust Joe Mixon in the, <laughs> that situation a lot. Why? Because it's a lot to ask. So we'll see if he can develop into it. But uh, they got better here. They got more explosive, and they got a guy that can clear clearly handle the workload 378 carries some will call that a knock i would say that would be a knock all the touches he had in college if he was like the 25th pick or the eighth pick if you're Bijan, right or you're taking jameer gibbs 12th in the fifth round i just know that that guy holds up and, and, and is able to to do what, what the bengals probably will never ask him to do but if they need to give him 23 touches in a game this year it's not going to be the first time he's ever gotten 23 touches since high school, which some of these guys, that is the, the the case. Some of these backs that have come out, for example, did Chris Evans ever get 23 touches in college? Probably not, not in one game. So it's uh it's a good sign for Chase Brown and in, in his potential success. Another big consensus win against our consensus board that we tracked as well. 129th where he comes out on the consensus board. The Bengals draft him at 163. Let's go sixth round. The Bengals have two picks here. Andre Yosivash from Princeton. Yosivash, sorry, from, from Princeton. Hyper-athletic wide receiver. Olympic quality athlete at wide receiver who has a little bit of work to do in terms of refining his game, playing football, becoming a wide receiver. But for a sixth-round pick, end of the sixth round, you're betting on athletic upside. Hard to be upset about this pick. I think it's an above-average pick again in in the sixth round. I like the swing on the trait. So for me, again, it's a B. B, of course, in all of these situations for me, meaning an above-average pick, there are some guys that I would have liked better, but I certainly understand it. And I think the way this round kind of shaped up, I get this pick as well. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit of a run on a, a, a couple more quarterbacks picked anyway, or at least like the last quarterbacks you're excited to think about as a backup for Joe Burrow. Will Mallory one pick ahead of this pick who I might have been in support of had he been available. So yeah, solid B for me here again. Yeah, I think they had invested the time in this guy and Yossi Vash is the ultimate upside pick. And a lot of times, and we've seen this, Chris Evans was like this. You're banking on the traits. And, and who knows, by the way, I'm not burying Chris Evans. I don't want people thinking that. But you're banking on the traits when you take someone in the sixth round that tests the way Yossi Vash does. But guess what? He was actually productive. And I think that's the fun part is he needs to learn what it's going to be like facing NFL corners and learn the route tree. But he has the size. He has the speed. He has the athleticism. And he produced at the levels of football that he's played at. So now it's just about making making that translate and taking another step. And, and much like... Look at me about to compare the sixth rounder to, to Miles Murphy, the first rounder. I think Marion Hobby is a really good coach that can get the most out of Murphy. I think Troy Walters looks at this and says, oh, man, 
this is a guy that I can get in the lab with and we can just start to work. And we might not hear from Yossi Vash this season. It might be a little bit. But I, I think he's got the, the traits and everything that you would want in a sixth-round upside-type pick. So hopefully it translates. Hopefully he's able to get on the field after, uh, after adjusting to life in the NFL and can contribute because he's a, a lot of fun, and I could see a, a scenario. They both run 4-4-3, Charlie Jones and, and Yossi Vash, and he's 6'2", 205. Charlie Jones, 5'11", 176. Completely different players. But both could help this offense in uh, long term if Yossi Vash can continue to develop. So I'll give it a B plus. By the way, I don't know if I gave it a grade. B plus. There you go. I like that. There's a little bit of size here. If he does hit, if some of these things do click for him, if he can figure it out, like some Bengals late round receivers have figured it out in the past. Yeah. There's there's something there. Again, coming in a little bit older. That's that's yeah. the. On day three, 24 and a half, 23, 23 and a half, 24 and a half, 23 for the Bengals picks on day three. And I, I think it's just, you know, the COVID year just really hurts right now. And that's just part of it. And the Bengals kind of accepted that. Like, I wonder if they just realize, all right, for the next few years, as, as much as age has been a factor, let's lean on the tape. Cordell was an example of this last year, right? Where they, they took the high character guy that was older but they thought could could come in right away if they needed him to, and obviously he did. So we'll it's, see. Obviously, Yossi Vash is different. But. It's also kind of just like last year in a couple of ways where early they prioritize younger guys. First two picks last year, 21 and a half, 22 and a half, that Dax and Cam Taylor-Britt when they were drafted. Great athletes, right? And then – Same this year. Yep, same exact ages pretty much. And and, and then you get a little bit older on, on day three. Uh, Zach Carter a little bit older as well, but certainly a trend. Uh, as the draft continued to get deeper. But th- they counter that with getting really, really good athletes mm-hmm. in, in all three of these guys, really. Chase Brown and Yossi Vash in particular. Punter. Uh, I, I downgraded this grade a little bit, James, since we talked before the show. It's a B- minus for me mm-hmm. in the end. I It gets out of the C range, an average six-round pick, because they get it as part of a trade back. So this is kind of a bonus pick. That brings it up into the slightly above average range for me. And I really like Brad Robbins as a punter. Maybe they had to draft a punter to get better at punter this year with three drafted, mm-hmm. right? So you can't knock him too much for it. But also my position on drafting specialists is what it is. Uh, typically, a lot of specialists are just as good undrafted. The NFL is just as good as finding at finding undrafted specialists as they are at, at drafting them. So... I think Brad Robbins can be the punter of the future. He can be a punter for a really long time for this team, like the hang time, like the ability for him to be directionally uh, really accurate to mm-hmm. prevent returns. I watched a video last night, James, actually analyzing the Brad Robbins pick, and, and this guy who does a lot of puncher analysis, watches a lot of puncher film, specialist, specialist, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, really liked Brad Robbins thought he was the best punter in the draft, in fact, and thought that he had like maybe 46% of his punts not returned, thought it should have been 60 based on guys returning kicks they shouldn't have returned or not catching kicks they should have caught. So hmm. really liked uh, those takeaways from, from that video on Brad Robbins. I'll try to find it while you talk about your grade so I can tell the people about it. But what did you think of the punter? Yeah, I, I, I think it's tough because the Bengals had two guys. They had the Baron. Behringer kid or Behringer uh, from Michigan State and then Robbins. Those were the two I think that identified 
as the guys they wanted. There was a third draftable punter, Adam Corsak out of Rutgers. And I think they wanted the, the Michigan or Michigan State guy. And I wonder who they would have taken first. I don't know for sure. You know, Bryce was obviously already gone from Michigan State. So they go here with Robbins. It's an average pick to me. I, I don't have the same feeling. Look, I'm a feeling guy. I go with my gut here. I think he can be the, the starting punter. I think he's certainly the favorite. And I'm not critiquing Brad Robbins at all. But I, I don't get, have the same feeling that I did when they drafted Evan McPherson. I was all in on, on Money Mac. As you know, I was all in. I thought it was a really good pick. I thought it made sense, all of those things. Obviously, punter isn't as valuable as kicker. It's just not. So that's part of it. But the other part is is I, I think he's, he's going to be a good player. But I don't get the like I don't know if we're gonna come up with a, a nickname. I think he's got a fun personality. I think that's cool. He's from Columbus. That's also cool. We'll see how he punts. I like that he treats it like a science a science. And I think Darren Simmons was attracted to this, not a I'm gonna kick it as far as I can and try to push it over here or there. Like he has different drops and discussed all of that stuff. So I I, I think he's gonna end up being a good player. And I maybe should be a little less critical and, and go a little higher because they did trade back it to get this pick. And so it was kind of a bonus pick, but I'm going to give it a C. I think it's, you know, it's a pretty average pick, but you fill a need, which is a big deal. And, and don't take my C as a big negative. It's, it's, it's an average pick in the sixth round and, and we'll see if he makes the roster. That's the first thing you got to beat out Drew Christman. This pick is an F if he doesn't beat out Drew Christman, by the way, I think he will. Big negative. That's all I heard. James giving out a C, generous Man. grader, as we know. You've C. called me out for being a stingy grader in the past. so Yeah, you've I, been I generous this year. I, th I think you've gotten soft. You, you hate this pick, and I'm going to tell Brad Robbins and his elite mustache, which I hope he grows back, all about The it. mustache DJ, game is, is booming. DJ Ivy, let's get to him. DJ Ivy, don't know much about DJ Ivy. Good That's length, it. good size, 190. Six foot, played a lot of time, you know, 58 games at Miami. Mm -hmm. um, I, I hadn't played special teams in a while. I, th I think he's battling probably for a practice squad spot. Maybe if things bounce his way, he could battle for a back-end roster spot. There were some guys I would have preferred at this pick. Some of those guys became undrafted free agents. One of them very notably going very weirdly late was Nick Jones. Or sorry, it was Moro Ojomo. Just read the wrong line of my sheet here. Philadelphia scooping up. Yep. A guy that I think can be a contributor. At the NFL level, Philly's D line, line got another guy. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. They're it's, like eight deep. And, and like, how does Moro Ojomo ever get on the field? He won't. For Philly. Given Why, he signed there, or he got picked there. He got picked there. Yeah, he got picked. I was going to say he wouldn't have signed there. Uh, there was, it was pick 249. And so Moro Ojomo was a guy that like fourth round, yeah. fifth round was what was in my head. So like, must be medical questions there. Yep. And and they just decided it was worth the shot here late in the draft. Deshaun Johnson from Toledo, another guy late. Lonnie Phelps, Kansas, uh, was at the local day. Another guy that I was looking at here at this point in the draft. And Ivan Pace Jr., I mean, I, I know, know there's size questions with him, but he ends up undrafted. There's some really fun tape of Ivan Pace Jr. getting it done despite his size. So there's some guys that, I, I mean – Again, this is admittedly because I was familiar with them that I would have preferred here that graded out higher on our sheet and everything like that. But it's a seventh-round pick at the end of the seventh round. They're all dart throws. So I'm never going to be super rough on a seventh-round pick. So for me, probably a solid C because who knows at the end of the seventh round most of the time.
it's a C for me too. We'll, we'll see on Ivy. I, I will say he's got a good build. Like he's put together. He's got good size. Like I said, um, they, they liked him. They met with him. They used a, I, I think they used the top 30 on him. Hmm. I, I Unreported top 30. Uh, yeah. So clearly they, they were in on him a bit. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I give it a solid C as well. That's not bad, by the way. I see this late, there aren't many seventh rounders that hit, sixth rounders that hit. And so when you say, oh, well, that's an average sixth round pick. Well, Brad Robbins has a chance to be an A sixth rounder if he punts for the Bengals for the next 10 years and, and becomes that guy and stable. Heck, screw 10 years. If he punts for the Bengals this year, and we're not talking about it being an issue because I'm mm-hmm. sick of that. In the past two years, it's been an issue. So that, that becomes a much higher grade for me. DJ Ivy, who knows what he he becomes. So uh, overall, Jake, I had B plus A, B plus A, A, B plus C, C. You combine all that together. You want to go to the GPA route, it's round of 3-3 three, three if, if you round it up. So a B plus overall. I didn't go the GPA route until you mentioned it. But uh, yeah, B plus is what I would give this Bengals draft class. Love all the speed, the athleticism that they added. I think they they stuck to their board, which they deserve praise for. And there were a lot of guys that just weren't there at, at times when, man, it could have been an A in that round, you know. And and that's that's part of it. Um, but I, I think they got much much better. My favorite pick probably DJ Turner. But if I had to go favorite favorite, you know, I'm going with the weapons, baby. I'm all about wide receivers getting open for Joe Burrow. And uh, that guy they added in Charlie Jones is going to do just that. By the way, j- just to let our listeners know, Chuck Sizzle, I'm in. I, I slept on it. Maybe I was uh, just going a little crazy from uh, lack of sleep during the draft. Chuck Sizzle, well, he, he's got it all. Let's, uh, let's go. Let's roll with the nickname. Just one of those things where, my opinion, I told you this before we started recording, if you come into the league with a nickname, unless you earn another one, I don't think you mess with that too much. If there's no nickname, then you can figure it out and try to try to find the right one, uh, as we did with Evan McPherson. Uh, I think I'm in a similar spot. I come out at a B overall, right above a 3.0. A lot of this hinges on Miles Murphy. Miles Murphy hits. We're going to look back at this and say we were too low on this draft class because if you get a really, really good edge rusher at pick 28, you're feeling really good about that surplus value that you have there. Uh, how soon Jordan Battle becomes an every-down contributor, I think is a big part of this as well. How how soon or, or does Charlie Jones become that outlier, become that slot receiver of the future? Does he get us to the 2024 draft without talking about Tyler Boyd replacement? Because I think that's really where he does project. I know he can play outside, and he's won a lot vertically outside in his career, but I think the size uh, probably and, and the weapons already on the team probably pushes him inside. Wait a second. You're telling me that you're not getting Jamar Chase off the field for Charlie Jones. Are you kidding me? Well, you can get Jamar Chase in the slot with Charlie Jones. Oh, no, I know. And and by the way, when when he plays the slot, and I agree primarily, I I think there'll be times where he lines up outside Mm -hmm. still, just like Boyd, you know, just like TJ did here and there. But most of the time, I think he'll be in the slot as well. I agree. And he has experience playing both. He played mostly outside at Purdue, but has experience playing in the slot as well. Really like the Chase Brown pick. After that, it's hard to be too critical of the, the late day three stuff. Like, would I have preferred Zach Kuntz with one of those picks? Would I have preferred Moro Jomo? Yeah, but hard, hard to kill him too much for it. There's no Ds. There's no Fs in this class for me, so it comes out as a solid B. And as every year, there's upside to that, right? 
Brad Robbins is a puncher for a long time. Like you said, great. Jordan Battle becomes a, a good starter. Then we're too low on it. Miles Murphy becomes a good starter. We're too low on it. And all those things could certainly happen. So that is where the upside is to me in this class. Let us know what you think. What were your grades of this draft class? Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Where do you disagree with us? Where do you agree with us? Very curious to see those answers. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Still didn't talk about Jonah Williams. So there's that option. And we're going to make sure we talk about what's going on at Bengals right tackle because they didn't draft a tackle. They didn't draft an offensive lineman. So that is noteworthy and a topic we haven't gotten into in great depth. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. So that and more post-draft content coming your way this week on Lockdown Bengals. Thanks for listening to this episode. And until next time, day and have a good one.